You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. And these two Dolphins fans are very, very happy to see Xavier Howard back. The Dolphins restructured his deal a couple of days ago that he was very, very displeased with. This deal is getting worse all the time. He heard a lot of rumors of that over the offseason. Uh, he didn't come to the uh, original mini camps and OTAs, but and but he did come to training camp. He was working out with the team. He wasn't exactly practicing because he had an ankle injury, but he's back with the team. And after the first uh, about the first week or so, um, the story about his, him and his contract has been going on, and uh, you know trade rumors swirling whether or not the Dolphins are going to try to trade shop him or not. Uh, Brian Flores uh, eventually came out and said, uh, we want to keep Xavier Howard. And one day after he said that, uh, it seems like they got a deal done. So I'm very, very happy to see Xavier Howard back. I've been very adamant about the Dolphins working something out and trying to keep him because I know a lot of fans were just like, well, he's got to honor his contract. So if he doesn't want to be here, well, then tough luck and he could go somewhere else and play but I wasn't like that he's talking about me by the way well well, yeah you're one of them but this guy is one of the best in the league and it's just like if he's one of the best in the league why would you not want him on your team just find a way to make this man happy and that's what they did uh Rob you uh you happy that Xavier Howard's back yeah I mean I am happy like I do feel this roster, I won't say the Super Bowl roster, but I do think it's a, a high-end, like, playoff contender roster. And part of what makes us great is Xavier Howard, who is probably a, a top three corner in the league. So having him back is definitely a plus for us. Uh, the good thing is that, you know, in the end, he... he he got what he wanted. He complained his way to getting more money. And, yeah, we it's good to see him back. I'm hoping this is not going to be much of a distraction, which it doesn't look like it is. Uh, but, yeah, it's good for us. You know, let's uh, try now. Let's try to get some momentum going. Yeah, what I really like about this deal is that, you know, or- originally uh, Zavin Howard and his agent uh, – through some things, you know, back and forth with the Dolphins saying like, hey, you could give us guarantees and that way it won't affect the salary cap and that way, you know, Zayman will be happy because he will get more money and then you guys win because it doesn't affect the salary cap. Well, the Dolphins, because they're playing with uh, owner Stephen Ross's money, uh, Chris Greer and Brian Flores' jobs are kind of tied to it. So I guess they didn't want to just, you know, dish out guaranteed money all willy-nilly like, us fans would like to do to solve a, a problem very simply. This deal is getting worse all the time. 
Um, basically what they did in the restructure of his contract, and I, I'm not going to get into all the little financial deals and bonuses about it because it's, I don't know, it, there, there's a lot of little details. Yeah, about, it's about a very it. so incentive based from what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but that's exactly what it is. It's like Xavier Howard wants more money. Don't, the Dolphins are willing to work with him, but they don't want to dish out guaranteed money all willy-nilly like that because it would be a little bit irresponsible of Brian Flores and Chris Greer to do that. So what they came up with, uh, with what what they came up with was basically a deal based on merit. Like there's so many different things. Like if he makes a if he makes a Pro Bowl, there's a bonus for that. If he stays healthy, there's a bonus for that. There's all these like little details. Basically, like Stephen Howard, you're gonna get your money, but if you if if you but you're gonna have to like earn it basically. So it's a good deal for him because, you know, I, I think it's fair for both sides because if he wants his money, he's going to have to stay healthy, perform, do all these things, and, you know, he's going to have to earn it. And on the Dolphins' side, you know, they like that. So, I mean, it's not too complicated. They gave him some good money. Uh, basically, it, it's not over yet because at the end of the season, it sounds like uh, they're going to be able to revisit this deal. Um one of the, yeah, one of the other things why the Dolphins didn't want to dish out guaranteed money for him is because they had you know concerns about his knee and his durability because uh, for uh, before twenty twenty when he played all sixteen games did have some knee issues dating back to like his rookie season. I find your lack of faith disturbing. So he didn't miss a lot of games here and there because of that. But when he's on the field, he's one of the best in the league. I'm really happy that he's back. He's a huge part of this defense, and if you and I hope he gets over this like ankle injury and starts practicing more and get you know shake some rough rust off of him because uh, because outside of him and Byron Jones and maybe Nick Needham, uh, you know, especially on the boundary, like I I, I don't trust anybody uh, that much in the uh, you know as far as the corners go. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Like maybe Justin Coleman will be something at nickel. Uh, Jason McCourty still like he. I guess he could be solid, but he isn't the he isn't the most trustworthy guy. He's not any sort of world beater, and the Dolphins are trying him at safety too. And Noah Benogany just looks like a bust <laughs> right now. That is correct, Commander. So having a lockdown like Zayvon, what's that? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love I, I love Igbo. You know, ever since he got drafted, yeah, you know, man, just like, I, I was table. so hyped when we drafted him over guys oh, like dude, Jonathan if, Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Dude, our, I, I love. I know that's like a recurring thing we always say, but it's really hard to like not get on. I know it's like I, I don't know for for you and me, we were just like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> uh, but. I mean, that's how we felt like when they picked him. We were like, what? Huh? What? And it just kind of came out of the blue. Okay. And, you know, to this day, the Dolphins fans, ever since Flores, like, drafted Igbenogany, uh, Flores said, oh, you can't have any, you can't have too many defensive backs. And then the, the fans just ate it up. And to this day, like, you just hear, like, <laughs> that, like, that, that, that's what justifies. Oh, you can't have too many defensive backs. So, yeah. <laughs> well. Well, now they have too many defensive backs, and like their first runner can't even play. So, whatever. Anyway, yeah. so he's back. I'm happy. Um, 
Moving on, uh, the Dolphins play their first preseason uh, game against the Bills on Saturday. The Bills and, or the uh, Bears? Well, oh, shoot. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I'm sorry. Bears. I, got, I got tongue tied. <laughs> Thanks, Rob, for catching me on that. So they play uh, the first preseason, preseason game against the Chicago Bears on Saturday. The Bears. Um, they came out with their depth chart. Um, I'm just going to read down the depth chart with the starters here. Um, the offensive line uh, from left to right is going to be Austin Jackson, uh, Liam Eikenberg, center Michael Dieter, right guard Robert Hunt, right tackle Jesse Davis. The tie- starting tight end is Mike Gasecki. Starting running back Gusecki. is Miles Gaskin. <laughs> Gusecki. Uh, starting running back is Miles Ma- Gaskin. Uh, quarterback is obviously uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Tua, Tua, Tua I, I keep saying his wrong, name wrong because I'm going between you got to say it fast. You got to say, say Tagovailoa. But it's, but it's not even called Tagovailoa. It's pronounced Tagovailoa. I'm just going to call him Tua. Um, yeah. our, our starting wide receivers are Albert Wilson, Will Fuller, and Devontae Parker. Um, okay, as far as offense goes, uh, nothing's really surprising here. I mean, Malcolm Brown, I thought he would kind of be the number one running back, but we haven't seen a lot of him in practice so far. You um, thought he was going to be the number one for, like, preseason or in general? Well, I kind of thought, like, you know, based on, like, early down work, like, I figured, you know, you would just see Malcolm Brown, like, listed as a starter. But, I mean, it... But it's not too surprising, but I just thought, like, he would be listed ahead of Miles Gaskins because he probably because Brown would probably be on the field first for those early downs. Nah, I, I always knew Miles Gaskins was going to be the number one guy. Um, they, they, the, the team has pretty much been adamant that, like, that's their main guy going forward. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I think he is our best all-around back. Does not say much if we're being truthfully honest, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, it's just, you know, it's just nitpicking, I guess. But yeah, it's true. He is Gaskin is the most like well-rounded back that we have in the in the backfield. He does like everything well. He even picks up blitzes pretty well too. So I mean, you know, it's just nitpicking there. It's not really that big of a deal because mm-hmm. all these guys are gonna see, gonna you know, change. I, I, I will admit anyway. this: Miles um, Gaskin has emerged. I'm not gonna say emerged, but he's he's proven to be a quality late round running back pick. The force is with him. I do think last year, uh, in fairness, a lot of the games he missed last year was because of cover related reasons. That is correct, Commander. Not necessarily any injuries or anything like that. It was just, you know, up oh, protocol, you're out. Which all the teams in the NFL went through. I mean, the, the Broncos had, like, all their quarterbacks out for a game. Man, it would have been nice if that was the game we played against them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would have been. Um, there's a weird thing about the offensive line, which I don't understand. Uh Right tackle is Jesse Davis, which I don't really have a problem with. Um, but the, the the issue here is that we drafted Liam Eichenberg. Uh, you know, he played he played what left tackle at Notre Dame, right? Yes. So so the thing is, is that Austin Jackson already has 
the left tackle position locked down, and we drafted Eichenberg in the second round, who did play tackle. And it's like we have like the Dolphins have kind of like put him there during practice, but like for the most part, he's been like you know been a staple at the left guard position throughout all the practices. And I just wonder, it's just like we don't like Jesse Davis isn't the right tackle of the future. Like he can play right tackle, but out behind Jesse Davis, uh, you know, there's a there's a competition of maybe Adam Pankey or uh, Larnell Coleman that we saw there for a couple practices. But uh, when I saw Coleman, you know, it seems like he gets beat by you know speed. Like once he engages and he's got a guy there, like like he could lock in and and you know hold his ground, but. But sometimes when the defender stutter steps and uses a burst of speed to get around him, he kind of is a sucker for that. And uh, he doesn't do a good job countering that. So Coleman could be a little bit inconsistent. So it's like, why don't we just figure out this right tackle position? I mean, why why not just put Eichenberg there, see if he can handle right tackle? Because I do feel like we have some serviceable guards to put at left guard if we need. I mean, Solomon Kinley's there. I know he's been playing with the third team mostly. I don't know why, but, you know, he did start 13 games last year. Um, you know, uh, backup center Matt Skura's there. You know, he, he he's played a little bit of guard in his career. Uh, you could even move Jesse Davis to guard if you want to. Um, there's just, like, I, I just feel like we could put a serviceable person at left guard and put, like, Eichenberg at right tackle because I mean like because I think right tackle is going to be like our wink link if we don't here's here's what I don't get though isn't Solomon Kinley like why is he not started he started all last year and he was a really good uh fine for us in fourth round so why is he not getting to start why is he not playing one of the guard positions or even the right tackle I don't know. That's one of the mysteries of training camp because it's not that he – like, at first I'm like, okay, he, he seems like – he has, like, that bigger, heftier body compared to the other linemen. Like, the other linemen are big, but they look like a like a good weight, kind of, like, big, and 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 and, uh, and they have, like, the good weight to him. Like, Solomon Kinley just looks – he has the weight to him, but he also looks like a heavier – slower body and I thought that was the issue but according to the coach's comments his his comments is that he came into training camp uh with the weight that they wanted him to and he's been doing everything that they asked him to so it's kind of it's still kind of a mystery of why he's been like playing with the third team but I mean you know most recently he was elevated to the second team so I guess that's something um and it's not like the Dolphins and, and, like, early on, like, in, in previous seasons, I would be like, oh, the Dolphins are just, like, rotating people around. They're trying to figure this out, blah, 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 blah. But they haven't even, like, really rotated, uh, like, anybody. They, they haven't really fiddled with the starting lineup of offensive linemen too much outside of the right tackle position. You know, moving Jesse Davis there, maybe Lauren no, Coleman or, you know, maybe Adam Pankey there. Um, I don't know. It's a big mystery of why uh, – Kinley isn't there. I, yeah, it, it does seem pretty weird because, yeah, because like, why, why would you? Why would you? Eichenberg, it does make sense. I, I I believe the part of the reason why they drafted Eichenberg was to 
for them to be the right tackle. Like he's very versatile. I believe he can play like the like tackle and the guards. So he does have versatility. But then the idea was that he was going to be on the right side. But the Solomon Kitty thing is just a lot to me because because I guess Robert Hood's they're making him the starting right guard. And I'm just like, I don't well, Robert Hunt for the most part was a little on the disappointing side of the first year, considering he was such a high draft pick. And, and it's just and like Solomon Kinley was the one that kinda came out of nowhere, emerged as one of our like bright spots last year. And I don't know, is it because of the weight issues? Like like what you said that he they're saying that he came into shape the weight that they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. But are there any reports that maybe suggest otherwise? Like, I think I heard, I think I read something just now that he shot down rumors that he's came to shape over, overweight, uh, came to camp overweight. I don't know. Like, it does feel weird how he went from being the guy that started thirteen, the thirteen games he played, to being a second second team or even a third team. That's a very um. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just, it's just very confusing. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was my only theory with him was the weight issue. But I mean, it could just be a conversion of of having too much bad weight, and they needed to convert to good weight, like more muscle or something like that. This does make me feel a little bit cautious that they want from him because that was the thing with Austin Jackson coming into this training camp was that he the Dolphins told him that he needs to create a with Austin Jackson, they, the Dolphins told him he needs to convert like his good weight, like maybe his like fatty <laughs> weight into like more good like muscle weight, and I guess that's what he did because I mean he's still starting. Um, I mean, um, I he is. He was. He is a really high uh, draft pick. I guess in, in their mind, this guy still has a really high ceiling, so we're going to continue keeping him on the left tackle. You know, I thought he played really solid first year. It's, right. The Solomon Kinley thing does kind of scare me. And, again, Miami historically has not built a really good offensive line. And I thought they finally kind of had something going. I thought last year their offensive line played very well, in my opinion. And already, you know, they played really well. Then they get Eichenberg in the second round, which I will defend that draft pick forever. I know Mike... Uh, fans, if you're not, if you do not know this, Mike secretly hates uh, Eichenberg. And, <laughs> like he thinks it's the worst draft pick ever. This guy thinks it's the worst draft pick than um, Dion Jordan. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that no, that's but not true at all. I, I just I, wanted, I, really, I just wanted a running back. That's all. Fair enough. But I really, I really like Eichenberg. Uh, I thought he was going to go right tackle because I do think that was a position I think he needed to. Well, we what we really. Have an issue. What we really have a hole right now is left because when, when Eric Flowers left, that definitely put a really big dent on that. Maybe they, maybe, maybe Eichenberg is just so good on the left side that uh, why not just put your two best tackles, your two best linemen on the left side, and kind of figure out the other side. That's the only thing to think of. Yeah, but the only, but the thing is, is that like when we traded Eric Flowers. Like, Eric Flowers? The, Eric Flowers. Anyway, so, but we, the thing is, like, when we traded Eric Flowers back to hey, the Washington football team, hey, 
the the idea was that we had a replacement in, in waiting in the wings, which was Solomon Kinley, because Kinley played left guard uh, back in college. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, we're going to put Solomon Kinley at his ideal spot at left guard. But they're not doing that now. They're putting Eichenberg there. And I'm like, right, like, but that, but that's what I don't understand is that, like, you can have someone serviceable at left guard. You might have not have the best left guard there, but you could have someone serviceable because you need you need someone more reliable at, at, at right tackle because I feel like Jesse Davis would be the ideal swing tackle for this team because you could put Eichenberg at right tackle and then Jesse Davis could be the swing guy and maybe if there's an injury to the interior, uh, you know, he could fill in for that too. Like he's the ideal depth man because he could play every position. I think he has like played almost every position on the line. We might as um, well we might as well clone Jesse Davis. We'll make five Jesse Davis, so he can play each position. <laughs> that will solve our offensive line right there. Yeah, maybe they could figure that one out in the Dolphins facility in there. I mean, that facility is huge. They got to have a cloning room in there somewhere. <laughs> um. Okay, so they need to clone Jesse Davis. They need to clone Dan Reno when he was like twenty-five and like the best quarterback on the planet. (laughs) 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 You know, let's just clone. We'll clone Zach Thomas, so that'll make you happy. Oh hell yeah! I don't know if Zach Thomas will work nowadays because he he was more of a run stuffer. I mean, he could cover a little bit, but he was just so damn smart. Uh, I just love that guy's intangibles. Anyway. Imagine, okay. imagine Zach Thomas with Brian Flores coaching. Hell yeah, dude. No, Brian Brian Flores wouldn't even need to coach Zach Thomas. That's how good Zach Thomas was. Uh, Zach Thomas coaches himself. Um, anyway, so, I mean, our wide receivers, you know, uh, it's it, it's the typical crowd. Devontae Parker. Uh, Will Fuller, uh, Preston Williams may, I'm not sure, uh, he's still injured. I think he might maybe on the pup now. So he, you're not going to see him on the depth chart. Uh, so it's going to be Parker, Albert Wilson, Will Fuller, uh, behind them, behind, behind Devontae Parker on the perimeter, it's going to be Jakeem Grant. Um, behind Albert Wilson is Jalen Waddle, uh, and behind Will Fuller is, uh, Matt Collins. I think. I think those guys have a good chance of making the roster because I, I believe the Dolphins want to keep like maybe six or seven guys. Um, That's a pretty good, talented like list of players. No, it is. You know, like you can't it you is. can't complain about like this guy has no weapon. Like you're listing everything. I'm just like, yeah, it's a pretty good list. That's a pretty good list. The problem is that if one goes down, it just affects like the entire core. That's the problem with them is that they're all good players, but uh, but as a whole, you, you don't have any superstars yet. Um, but you do, but you do have a, a strong core. I mean, receivers. you don't necessarily need a superstar wide receiver to win. But you would, it would nice to be having a whole bunch of reliable guys that aren't going to get injured. Fair enough. That I'll agree with. Oh, I, oh, I, 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 I came I up with a nickname for him. I don't, I don't think this idea that you need a superstar wide receiver to win is uh, a little overstated. Like Calvin Johnson, I love him to death, but you know, Lions weren't winning with him, just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I, fi- I figured out a name for him. 
I like. I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna call them the Brutal Boys. <laughs> the Brutal Boys. You did it. You finally got a name. The Brutal Boys, baby. All right. So, anyway, so I think the Dolphins want to keep like six or seven receivers. So it's probably gonna be Parker, Wilson, Fuller, uh, Jalen Waddle, of course. Uh, I mean, like probably Jakeem Grant, maybe. Probably Jakeem Grant, and then and then I think it's going to be a battle. I, I, then there's obviously I, th- I think there's going to be Pre- Preston Williams there too. That's one, two, three, four, five, um, and then I guess six and seven would either be a battle between uh, Matt Collins, Alan Hearns, and Isaiah Ford. I think Lynn Bowden's on the outside looking in. I, I know he played slot receiver last year, but you know he's a converted running back. Uh, I think uh, this other guy, I think his name's Reuben Foster. Uh, you know, I haven't heard much about him throughout camp. He's that uh, – I think he also played with Tua in Alabama. Okay. He's supposed to be like a fast receiver. Uh, but, I, don't, I you know, I haven't heard him make a lot of noise. Here's the question. Is Jakeem Grant going to still be the, the special uh, – the punt returner, kick returner? Or is Jalen Waddle going to uh, Yeah, yeah. He's listed uh, under specialists, uh, you know, kicker uh, – Jason Sanders is going to be the kicker. Uh, Matt Pilardi is going to be the punter, and then, uh, and then yeah, for kick returner and uh, punt returner, it's J- Jakeem Grant, and then uh, if anything happens to him, uh, it's Jalen Waddle. I'm looking forward so to Jalen Waddle too. For like I said, it's the first. It's a, taking turns. That's going to be yeah, exciting. yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to see that because because like, under for the returners, it's Jakeem Grant, Jalen Waddle, and No Benogany and Lynn Bowden Jr. and Malcolm Perry. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it's the first preseason game. You're probably going to see a little bit of everybody because, you know, they're not just going to play starters. They're going to see the, you know, the second team and the third team too. And Dolphins in certain positions like to mix everything up. All right, let's get to defense since we're like halfway through our show. So, uh, the defensive ends is going to be Emmanuel Ogba and Christian Wilkins. Uh, the nose tackle is going to be, uh, Raekwon Davis. Uh, linebackers are going to be Jerome Baker, uh, Benardrick McKinney, Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, the cornerbacks are going to be Justin Coleman, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and the safeties are going to be Jason McCourty and Eric Rowe. Um, no surprises here, really, with uh, as far as the D linemen go, I don't think. Um, I do, I do find that Justin Coleman starting is a little surprising, uh, because Byron Jones and Damian Howard are obviously, they're going to be on the boundary and Justin Coleman is going to be the, the nickel cornerback here. Um, I guess that's, I, that, that's surprising because Nick Needham has like, you know, been the starter the last couple of years and also in training camp, he's been having a good camp. Uh, I guess the only reason why they would have Justin Coleman uh, as the starting nickel here is maybe perhaps they already know what they have in Nick Needham and they just want to see Coleman uh, play in the game and see more of what he's got uh, against uh, you know a different team and, and different opposition. Um, so it could just be a camp battle tactic. Like let's see let's see guys we don't know too much about. Um, Jason McCourty at safety. It's a little surprising, but when you think about it, it's just like I think they only have him here for like one year. 
and uh, they tried him out at corner a little bit. He's going to be depth at corner. But, uh, you know, if he's only signed for one year and you want to get the most out of him, I guess you can list him at starting safety. Uh, Javon Holland is behind him as depth. Um, Eric Rowe starting starting strong safety, of course, because he's just good at t- covering tight ends. That's what, <laughs> that's why they extended him um, about, what, one or two years ago? Mm-hmm. And uh, the only tight ends he's really had problems with is Travis Kelsey and uh, Darren Waller and – you know, the whole league has trouble with those guys. They're two of the best in the league right now. Um, you're Ron the, Holland, you're the best in the league right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm try- I, I try to be, man. I just need a little push from Robbie every so often. That's um, what I do best. Javon Holland, he's been having a good camp. He's had a couple picks. Um, let's see. I'm trying to dissect this a little bit. I don't think it's too crazy. Hmm. I did see Christian Wilkins playing with the second team uh, a little bit uh, in camp, but maybe they just want to see a little bit more of Zach Sealer since he's coming back and seeing seeing if he can handle being with the starters. Um, Duke Riley is behind Jerome Baker. Um, he's someone that really intrigues me because when they when he got signed in the off season, uh, he came from the Eagles and. Uh, he got more and more playing time on the Eagles, and uh, Flores likes linebackers that can stop the run and cover. And this guy seems like a guy who could really cover. So I I, I really want to watch him uh, during the preseason game. I want to see more of Sam Sam Iguabone because I remember he kind of made a name for himself in I think it was 2019, and I haven't really heard from him much. Um, Brendan Scarlett's another linebacker that I really like. He's he's been making plays in camp. Um, let's see. I don't know. Uh, Adam Butler, I want to check out too. Uh, I thought he would play a little bit of nose here and there, but I guess he's listed as a defensive end. But you know, it's a fluctuating three four to four three defense. So, uh, you know, you're gonna. I guess you're going to see a little bit of everybody in all kinds of situations. I don't know if they're going to go that crazy during the preseason game, but it's always possible. Rob, any comments, questions? Sounds good. Um, It looks like for the most part they have an idea what they're going to do on the defensive side of the ball, which Mm -hmm. I would expect them to. So the defense is going to be what's going to be our strength. Um, it, It looks like for the most part, with uh, Xavier Howard back, and yeah, it looks like just the Dolphins look like a team that's going to lean on their defense. That's definitely their strength. They're, they're just going to play defense, create turnovers type of team. Uh, it's definitely that. The only thing that really matters at this point, the question at this point is that if Tua is going to make that leap in his second year or get hit with a sophomore slump. Yeah. That's the only thing that's the big concern. I, I, I never felt coming into the season that uh, our defense is something we should be worried about. I, I never, I never believed that. Uh, I don't. I, I, I think there are other teams that have more defensive efficiency issues than us. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, I just want to know is that is our offensive line going to be good this year? Is Toa going to kind of? redeem himself after 
admitting that he did not have, I would say, the best rookie season. And I want to see more out of him, of course. I want to see a, I want to see a six or running game. I still think that's been our biggest issue, which I have not seen him really figure out. I don't think these moves for guys like Malcolm Brown and who we drafted in the seventh round are solving that issue. So that's still a concern that that's still going to bother me probably all year. Mm. Yeah. What I do like about this offseason, and there's one thing that I really hate about this offseason so far. Uh, I mean, as, as far as, as far as training camp goes, uh, the, what I like about this training camp is that we came in with two glaring questions about Xavier Howard's contract and Tua. And we solved, well, for this year, we solved the Xavier Howard problem. So, you know, that's not a topic anymore. He's going to come out and play. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. Knock on wood. And, uh, and you know, uh, Tua coming in and, I've been I've been really uh, thrilled about seeing two in practice and hearing all the touchdowns that he's been throwing. Cause uh, when I did when I did go to practice, he he looked phenomenal, man. He he looked so good. I was so happy. I'm like, we finally have a quarterback that looks like a quarterback. I've been so happy and thrilled, and I and I can't wait to see uh, what he does in the preseason and you know into the regular season. Cause it just looks. He, he like the difference between him and his rookie year and him now is like night and day, and I think they're trying to keep the. I think I think that's a why they've been trying to keep the offensive line the same is to give him the best uh, pocket during practice so that he can, you know, be himself and make plays without uh, things getting interrupted and the offense you know being inconsistent when he doesn't have good blocking. Um, yeah, so like, uh, yeah, so Tua, like that, that's, a, that's always going to be a huge thing. And, uh, you know, I've always been hopeful that he could take the next step. And now I, and after seeing him practice, like, I really believe he's going to, he, he's gonna He's, I, I think he could be like a top 15 quarterback in the league, as long as, uh, you know, the tools around him are staying healthy and on the field. Cause he, he looks that good. He looks that in tune with the offense. Um, the, the the one thing that troubles me is that I know it's early on in ca- training camp, but we have so many guys that are, like, getting banged up with different types of injuries. You know, Devontae Parker finally came back, but then he was wearing, like, a red con- uh, red con- a red no-contact jersey. So Jalen Waddle, I heard. Devontae Parker. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, I heard, um, you know, was dealing with, like, an ankle or something. And he still practices. I think I even did I I don't know if it was a bad dream or if it actually happened, but I think Albert Wilson like had something to uh Alan Hearns, you know, he gets banged up, he's not the most healthy guy. Albert Wolf's uh Wolf Fuller, you know, he, he hasn't been practicing. And you know, the linebackers Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh you know, there there's just so many different names. Mike Kosicki was on the COVID list. Well, he's uh, coming back though. I heard yeah, that. Yeah, Xavier Howard, I don't know if he's, like, been, like, fully participating or if he's just, like, in and out of practice uh, because sometimes I hear he takes a series and then, he, uh, and then sometimes he takes the series off. Um, but, yeah, there, there's just – there's I I, I, th- I just think there's there's so many names that I can't even keep track of. That, that's the problem is that, like, I, I can't even 
like name everybody who who's going through something off the top of my head and maybe if i wrote it down and kept track of it better i could do it but there's just a lot there's a lot of like important names that seem to be uh you know in and out with injuries so i mean it is early on in training camp which is the bright thing but um you know i i, I just can't wait to see everybody like you know getting back to being healthy Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. That sounds like uh, the was he? What'd you call it? The brittle boys. The brittle boys, because they're brittle. Brittle boys. Brittle boys. They just crumble when they get touched. (laughs) Yeah. So Mike. Yeah. Uh, football is back. Football's back, baby. The Hall of Fame game was last week. Yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of the Hall of Fame game. I I wanted to see Najee Harris, which I saw a little bit of. He looked pretty good. Yeah. He looked pretty he looked good. Pretty looked good. He looked like a running back that we could have drafted, but they didn't want to. I, I will unless I'm still gonna defend Miami not going the Najee Harris direction. But he does look like he's gonna be a solid back. I'll give I'll give you that. Yeah. Um a few things I learned from that Hall of Fame game. Um, uh, I think Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh and Dallas have some pretty bad backup quarterbacks. Like Mason Rudolph, really sucks. I, I'm honestly shocked they lost to that guy like two years ago. He sucks. Mm-hmm. And Dak has proven why he got a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why I'm actually I know this is kind of a, a random thing, but I know we messaged a few times about like the Hall of Fame, and this is actually this is something I saw from uh, um, Armando Salguero. You know, I follow him on Twitter. Um, I'm not active on Twitter, so don't ask me for my Twitter because I don't. I've never posted anything. I just follow a few people. But he he makes a pretty good point about uh, you know the Hall of Fame. You know. Um, as Dolphins fans, you know, we want our long-time great Dolphins players to get in. I think uh, Mike, of course, has been the biggest advocate for Zach Thomas to be in the Hall of Fame. And I do agree. Yeah. He should be Jimmy Johnson, player. too. Jimmy Johnson, too. Jimmy Johnson did get in Shrine. Um, I'm not really a big Jimmy Johnson fan, so I'm still a little spectacle about his inclusion. In my honest opinion, I do believe that he was not coaching that much. And of course, his run with the Dolphins is. I think he almost admitted that in his Hall of Fame speech. He's like, "Well, I didn't do anything. The players went went out there and won the game." <laughs> but he's from the U. The U. Rob loves the U. I do love the U. Um, but well, so you know, we we have our discussions of who should be in the Hall, who should be in the Hall of Fame as a former Dolphins, as Dolphins, from past Dolphins players. Um, Zach Thomas, I do believe, should be in it. Uh, I always thought Richmond Webb, for whatever reason, has never gotten like the post uh, post career love he should have had. Richmond Webb was an amazing uh, left tackle for the Dolphins during like uh, the second half of Marina's career that we never talk about. And if you look at his accolades, he looks like a Hall of Fame player in my opinion. Uh, but Armando Salguero brought up a good point about this one certain player. And I kind of looked into it and I've 
looked into it and I'm like thinking to myself, you know what? There's some truth to this. Um, he, he wasn't advocating anything. He's just stating stats about Mark Clayton. You know, a former wide receiver of the Dolphins who played during during the eighties with Marino. Mm-hmm. And if you actually kind of look at his accolades, so the main reason he brought this up because of Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, finally got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Drew Pearson is notoriously known for essentially complaining his way to get into the Hall of Fame. For being really honest, I mean, some people could think. Think he should have been there a long time ago. You know, I don't have much comment to say. I don't follow Dallas Cowboys. I know he was a really great wide receiver. But whatever he's in, he's in. It is what it is. Uh, but if you've actually compared Mark Clayton to Drew Pearson, Mark, I mean, um, well, Mark Clayton actually doubled touchdowns and actually has more receiving yards than Drew Pearson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, while I was never... Now, well, well, as much as I love the Marx Brothers, you know, I mean, I never saw them play, obviously, because I was born at the time. You know the story. You know, the Marx Brothers, they were, they were the dynamic dual wide receiving core from Reno who lit it out there. and But, you know, the, 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 the theory has always kind of been that Marino made them, you know, not the other way around. You know, that's kind of usually the case um, when you have an all-time great quarterback throwing the ball to you. It, and and I, I do stand by that. I do believe quarterbacks make wide receivers, not the other way around. But I look at Mark Clayton. And if you do look at his accolades, he was a five-time Pro Bowler. He was a three-time All-Pro, and he was a two-time touchdown uh, touchdown catch leader. Pretty impressive. And he did retire with 582 receptions, 8,974 receiving yards, and 84 touchdowns. Now we go to Drew Pearson. And that's a 10-year span. Yeah. Now we go to Drew Pearson, who did, in fact, won a... I mean, who, who got enshrined to the Hall of Fame. Um, he was a three-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro. He was a receiving uh, leader in 1977, and he was on the, and, and he was on the 1970s All-Decade team. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not discontinuing uh, this... Like, their, their accolades are more or less similar, for the most part. Uh, he does have the Super Bowl, which is the ultimate ticket. Though I do contend that I do believe Super Bowl wins matter more to quarterbacks than other receivers. That, just saying. Yeah. But if you look at his receptions, um, 489 receiving yards, 7,822 Oh, okay, 489 uh, receiving receptions. Uh, 7,822 receiving yards and 48 touchdowns. Yeah, which is like... So Mark Clayton definitely... Has almost... Uh, what? Mark Clayton has... like double, double, double touchdowns. Double the touchdowns, for sure. 
better receiving yards and better receptions. Mm-hmm. Now he definitely and was in. He a also problem. had. And, okay, okay, finish. No, no, sorry. now, okay, no. now, in fairness to Drew Pearson, he was a wide receiver during the seventies, where you know the game wasn't as airborne as it is, like the nineties on. I mean, in the eighties, uh, the Dolphins were like the one true like airborne team, but it's just something to consider. And a matter of fact, Calvin Johnson got in. And, you know, I'm not, I am definitely not saying that Mark Clayton is better or just as good as Calvin Johnson. That's, that's blasphemy. Like, Calvin Johnson is one of the greatest to ever you know, play the position. But I just want to point out that. Mark Clayton has 84 touchdowns. Calvin Johnson has 83 touchdowns. Oh. <laughs> and in an era, I remember Calvin Johnson was in an era was in an era where everybody's catching touchdowns. And he had Matt Stafford. And that whole offense was just a pass happy offense. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that maybe it's time to look into Mark Clayton as a potential Hall of Famer. Do I think he'll ever get in? Probably not. If we're being truthful, honest. But you no, know, just it doesn't kill to at least talk about it because if Drew Pearson could whine and complain his way to the Hall of Fame, we have to at least maybe consider. Mark Clayton. Yeah. But Mark. I'm not I'm not trying to advocate him, man. I'm just saying just food for thought. And I'm sure there's other Dolphins players that we can think of that should be considered. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Mark Clayton, I think Drew Pearson only had like two 1,000-yard seasons. Mark Clayton, I think I just lost it here. But where did Mark Clayton? Oh, yeah. All right, so Drew Pearson, I think, only has – Two 1,000-yard seasons. Mark Clayton has five. And out of at, in each one of those 1,000-plus-yard uh, like seasons, he has, you know, around double-digit touchdowns. Like the first one, 1984, uh, about 1,300 or so yards, 18 touchdowns. 86, 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. 88. You know, another 1,100-yard season, 14 touchdowns. 89, 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. And then 91, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, this guy, this guy, when, you know, when, when he was having a good season, he he made up for it. And, you know, he, all, he also brought the touchdowns with it. Yeah. He wasn't stalled, uh, you know, yards. He was, seemed like, it seems like he was a decent red zone threat, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he and he was a late round pick too. This was he wasn't some highly touted player coming out. He was like an eighth round pick back when the league had eight, eight rounds. Yeah, that always gets you bonus points too when you're a late round find and you're oh, putting up production yeah, sure. like that. But you know, just food for thought. And again, and I'm actually looking at our honor roll. You know, with former Dolphins players that made the honor roll. There are some. I, this is a, a person who my dad, for the longest time, has felt should have been in the Hall of Fame for a long time, and he never got inducted. Uh, Bob Puchenberg. Mm. 
Kuchberg, who unfortunately did pass away uh, a few years ago. He was a, an unfortunate recent uh, passed away. Um, Bob Kuchenberg was someone who my father, for the longest time, felt never got in. And I mean, this is a guy who played with the same uh, the same offensive line with Jim Langer, Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson. So I guess maybe he was always kind of the odd man out. Part of the perfect season. He was he was a uh, he was one of those guys that I think was like on on the fringe to make the team. I think according to his story, you know I wasn't there during the time because I'm waiting for yeah, but born. like Bob Kuchenberg was a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, a second-time All-Pro, a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is part of that undefeated team, but for whatever reason, he never got in. You know, he was someone, like, I guess you could say that there are, and I'm sure a lot of teams, I'm sure there's a lot of players from a lot of teams that, who are not in the Hall of Fame, despite the fact that, quite frankly, I think they should be. I think Bob Kuchenberg should be in the Hall of Fame, and I do think Richard Webb should be in the Hall of Fame. Which, I, I want to check Richard Webb real quick. Uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, seven straight times in the Pro Bowl. So he was a perennial Pro Bowl, two-time All-Pro first team, two-time All-Pro second team, and part of the NFL 1990s All-Decade team. Impressive stuff. Hmm? Impressive stuff. And yet, you know, and you know, played college football at Texas A&M. He was selected ninth overall. So, you know, a highly touted player, top ten player, drafted list. So it kind of just shows you that anytime people say that they let anybody in the Hall of Fame, I, I think that's a, I think that's completely overstated. I actually think it's completely cool. You know, see, I remember the only reason this talk lately about how people, these media and former players complaining about all oh, they put in, they're letting everybody in the Hall of Fame these days. I, I actually think that's very inaccurate, in my honest opinion. There's been so many cases of great all-time great players having to wait a while. Uh, it's there's it's clearly evidence there is a little bit of a biased voting. Um, you know, I'm I'm no Terrell Owens fan, but the fact that he waited three years did show me that you know Terrell Owens is like top three in like every statistical wide receiver uh, stat uh, accolades and stats and stuff. And it took him three years to get in. And we knew, we all know that he didn't get in right away because a lot of media people, a lot of uh, journalists, a lot of writers who have Hall of Fame votes were not fans of him at all as a person. Justifiably so, I do think he is a prick, but I don't know if that would get censored. But, it, but there is clear bias. I guess they that one year in 2020, they added a lot more uh, individuals into the Hall of Fame, but I think they wanted to celebrate because it was 100 years, so they wanted to do a little bit more special. And also that same year, uh, Eli, Manning, Eli Manning retired. So, and Eli Manning has always been kind of a, a, debate, a debate about whether he should be in or not. 
I can tell you he should be in and he's going to get in. Maybe not as the first battle, but he will get it at some point. But, yeah. I'm just so the whole point of this is just to tell you that you know, we got some Dolphin players that should be in the Hall of Fame. But for whatever reason, they have never been in. Especially Kuchenberg. Now, the more I think about it, why do they even know? All right. Some good stuff there by Robbie T. Yeah. Figure we add a little. I know this was this is actually this was not a planned thing. I just kind of brought it up because I thought about it for a long time. Like Daryl said, kind of gave me a wake up. Yeah, there's some good, interesting stuff because like that that stuff that I used to look up and you know revisit here and there, but I haven't I haven't done a lot of Dolphins history, and uh, I don't know like at least at least two or three years now I kind of forgot about like all all these accolades that some of these great players have had on this team. Mm-hmm. But Zach Thomas should be in though. Oh uh, yeah, I'm exactly. def- I'm definitely a, I definitely. Exactly. I feel the only the only thing that's holding him back is probably his lack of like postseason success. But yeah, again, but yeah, you can't put that all on him. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I, I, I don't, I don't blame him. Again, I do believe that quarterback, especially maybe in the modern era, quarterback is the position I think. You do have to judge on both kind of both their accolades and their, uh, you know, playoff, their wins and, and stuff. You know, that's why guys like Tony Romo or Carson Palmer will never get in because I don't think they won enough. And I think they were they did not win at all in the postseason. And Tony Romo's had a lot of injury issues in his career, so he can play a lot. Same with Carson Palmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's proof to that. That's why, like, that's why Eli Manning. You know, we'll we'll debate about Eli. People will debate about Eli Manning because he wasn't. He while it is true he was never, I would say, a, an amazing regular season quarterback compared to his brother. But you know, he did make the playoffs. He did win two Super Bowls with two Super Bowl MVPs, and he did retire a top ten in all time in quarterback stats. It's, it's really hard to argue about that. Yes, it is. All right, man. We're coming up on the hour, so let's wrap it up. All right. So, anyway, so this has been a very, very interesting episode. I didn't know. I didn't know Robbie was gonna pull out all the Hall of Fame stuff. I mean, I, 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 I didn't know whether or not we were gonna talk about the Hall of Fame because I did. I did kind of watch a couple speeches and everything. But uh, you you know I I that that's something that I didn't know came up around Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah, it's always good to talk about it. It is a pretty important thing, important event. Peyton Manning got in, and you know I always like seeing quarterbacks get in. Uh, oh yeah, good. of course. I didn't really care for much for his speech though. Like I like I liked it, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of the best speeches I've ever heard. I was expecting a little bit more out of it. He didn't really. Uh, talk about any sort of anecdotes from his career. He didn't really recap his career like a lot of players do, which is um, kind of what I like to hear. You know, I, I want to hear their version of the recap of those moments and uh, certain certain moments that maybe uh, meant a lot to them. Uh, Peyton didn't really do a lot of that. He kind of, you know, he mentioned Ray Lewis. He mentioned Tom Brady. He mentioned uh, – uh, I think it was Eli. He mentioned, you know, he thanked. He he did so many thank yous uh, to lots of people. 
but um, you know, and towards the end of his speech, I I thought it was a little odd. I mean, he 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 promoted the game. He said the game's got to live on. We got to find ways to keep the game going because it means so much to us. And I and I agree with all that stuff. But I felt like that was that could have been a speech saved for like another day when you're working for the NFL or for a team. You can make you can make that speech at any other banquet or for any other reason mm-hmm. to promote football. You can always you know promote football, but this is your Hall of Fame speech. I would yeah, like to sure. hear. Uh, you know, I I like to you know hear some some meaningful moments from you. Um, but. You know, he did it his way, and that's the way he wanted to do it. So, you know, it's his moment, not mine. So, you know, I, you know, I'm happy that he's in. You know, I, he's the sheriff. I've always enjoyed watching him. Uh, just watching him make so many checks out the line of scrimmage and, you know, just dissecting defenses and just knowing what's coming, knowing. Like, they're, like when Peyton Manning was hot, like, he, he could just cut the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Until he scored a touchdown, like he's definitely one of a kind. Um, sometimes I like to say that Philip Rivers is the poor man's Peyton Manning, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the poor man's Philip Rivers. So, now Philip Rivers—that's the all-time like. Will he get into the Hall of Fame debate? Yeah, Rivers reminds me of a combination of like Manning and Marino mixed in. For sure. All right, anyway. so let's call it a night. Yeah, let's call it a night. Um, so since we keep forgetting to introduce our names, uh, we're just going to end the show with our names. So this was Madman Mike, and this is Robbie Rob. Cap- yeah, the captain of the show, Robbie T. I'm definitely is not, it Robbie I'm T or is it Robbie Rob? Mike is the captain of this team. What is it? Is it Robbie T or Robbie Rob? What do you want to be known as? Uh, Robbie T, Robbie Rob, Rob. Oh, I like Robbie T. T-Bone. 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 Alright, so this is... Sam Dolphins podcast signing up. Night. Night. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.